Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's Tia. It's been a Mississippi minute, but we bite, baby. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Josh. And yep, we back at it like a crack at it. It's your girl, Jiggy, a.k.a. Tanika. Listen, pull up on us. It's time to cut up, because we back. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Koji. And we're back. Pink Sunday Radio. Well, hello, hello, hello. It's your girl, Koji, and I'm here with my co-host, Tia. Hello, hello, hello. Tanika. Hey, y'all. And Ja. What's up, Pink Posse? All right. So me and Ja are currently in Atlanta. We're going to be going to see Hot Wing King tonight. So we are currently together, and then our girls, Kanika and Tia, are, well, actually, well, you know what? Never mind. They are in there. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Tia. We are in all the normal places that we normally are. We are in all the What happens when you talk to each other too much? Anyway, so um, did y'all miss me, by the way? All right, see? Okay, so we yes, are going to be did. talking about murder night. Okay, we're going to be talking about murder night uh, today on the show, 108. But before we do all that, we have some wonderful Wonderful, wonderful news for you guys. I know y'all are very excited. I think we've been screaming and hollering and celebrating all fucking day. The hard work pays off, and we have a big announcement. And I want to tell you guys right now, actually, fuck the beginning. Let's start right now. What's up, Pink Posse? Have you heard the word? I know you've heard the word because there is a resounding celebration happening right now. Here at Pink Sunday Radio, we want to send a big shout-out to the Pink Posse for all the love and support they have been showing us and P-Valley for the last month and a half. Because you know what? The results were three out of six categories won. Best Drama Series, check. Best Actor in a Drama Series, check. Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series, check. Congratulations to P. Valley. Congratulations to Nico Ami. And congratulations to Miss Loretta Devine. We are truly, truly proud of Pink Posse and the cast and crew. Thank you, 
Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we wanted to get that, like, right off the bat, okay? Like, that's the beginning. We are so excited and proud. And, you guys, we have all kinds of clips and and videos and and everything up on our page, Pink Sunday Radio, um, Twitter page, IG. So make sure y'all go there because the girls have been working very, very hard to make sure we are putting out coverage of the NAACP Image Awards. Um, Yeah. All right. So let's get to the episode 108. The director was Barbara Brown. The writer was Katori Hall. The cinematographer was Richard Valet. The music supervisors, of course, was Sarah Bronberg um, and Stephanie Diaz Matos. We're going to kick this off with Haley the Paradise Room with Montavious. Okay. First question, you guys. Do you think Montavious really loves Haley? What do you think their relationship was really like? I mean, it was clearly an abusive relationship. There was obviously a whole power um, dynamic with Montavious holding all the power. There was a lot of control in that relationship. Do you think that he really loved Haley? Well, I guess I don't think I've ever thought that deeply about their relationship. I think that he's a narcissist, so in in that ideology, no, he's not even capable of love. But I think he thinks he loved her, but I don't think he actually loved her. Okay, Ja. Um, I felt like the they tried to at least show that there was some type that he was not just there for the money. You know, he seemed hmm. to look at her um like when he told her to dance and when he spoke to Mercedes about how she left him and did not come back for him, there seemed to be some type of, like, feelings about it, more so than just, hey, this bitch stole my money and got us out of there, you know. So although I do agree with um, Tia's – Tanika, give me a second. I agree that <laughs> – I agree because I was just like, who was I listening I agree that he um, he seemed to be very abusive. Like, she was definitely running away from something, and it wasn't just, hey, I'm not used to having a family. Um, but in my, I, I think that, you know, there was supposed to be some type of care. He was also hurt or upset that she herself had left him specifically. Uh, for me, when I saw the question on the outline that we did this week, this this question threw me for a loop a little because I, nothing that they showed me on the show gave me love. I mean, I'm not sure that he's capable of love, but I don't think anything well, – we, we haven't had – we haven't been shown a lot of interactions between them. And from what we saw, nothing would lead me to believe that he had any type of love for her. So, I mean, I guess my short answer is no. Um, I, I don't. 
I don't, I'm not sure why I would think he actually loved her. Well, it did kind of look like he had some care and concern for her daughter, like the way that he picked her up. Like, like I said last week, I want to say <laughs> Haley did not, was not in a rush to go get her crying daughter. He got up mm-hmm. and he was holding her and, um, sometimes it seemed like they did show things where he was showing some type of care and concern, but then we also have seen the violence and the way that he came in through here. So that that just was a part that kind of made me go, hmm, is he just here for the money? So, or Narcissists are often really good with kids. Like, And I don't know that he's a narcissist. I, when I think of youth, <laughs> I go to narcissism. But narcissists are normally, or they like kids especially at those ages because they're super like um like they they love everybody. So, and you know, narcissists, they need that love, that attention, that unconditional and kids that age, especially if she hasn't the daughter hadn't had a father figure. Montavious, forever long they were together because I'm still unclear on that. <laughs> Montavious stepped in as the father figure would have gravitated to the child. But like like we've all said, I don't know that I'm not even know I don't even know if it was written to display love more so ownership than love cuz everything about how Haley described it like he basically had her locked in the castle and even how he interacts with her in this scene gives me ownership more than love Okay so just I can to see give that. my opinion on that just to give my opinion on that so I can see everyone's perspective. For me, I kind of knew the reason why you thought love y'all is because of the kids. As soon as you had that on the outline, I was like, I wonder is it because the way he was with her kids, right? Um, Because that means that there was some kind of capacity to show um, love to a human, da, 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 right? But then I thought about someone I knew and the narcissism and controlling and the ownership and using kids as almost like pawns, if you will, because they kind of know the relationship between mothers and their children. And sometimes they will use them like little pockets of like little rocks, like little peanuts, if you will, like a little trail, you know what I'm saying? Like, come here, see, I have, you know, um, and that's what it almost feels like. So I, I can see both sides of that coin and Tia saying the power and the narcissism because they can use children as pawns. They do a lot. So it's my opinion. Okay. Oh, let's see. Let's move to Mississippi and Murder's partnership. Um, when do you think Mississippi and Murder's partnership really, really formed and solidified? I mean, was it the moment that he was butt ass naked? Um, was it when I think we discussed um the moment when they first got together and we're talking about the video, getting all the numbers. I mean, when do you feel like that trust was completely there, cohesive, the bond between them? 
when do y'all think it happened? I personally well, think it happened the moment that murder didn't. I was like, the did moment that fucking hang up. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I've been trying not to like, talk first every time. <laughs> I try not to talk first every time, but then I was like, oh, there's a lot of dead air. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I literally, I literally thought everybody hung up, bro. I was like, wait, is everybody on the line right now? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I personally think it was solidified when at when they first met and she like you late and then she basically told him she like became a person that he could trust the moment she was like I don't even know what you're talking about right now like to me because that's she's the first outside of Wody from what we see she's the first person to actually know or catch him and didn't betray him and I you could kind of see if you see when he's walking up in that scene, he's very on guard. Like he's very like he doesn't know what this is about to be. Why she like why they meeting? None of that. And then as soon as she says it, you can see in his eyes and everything him soften. To me, that was when at least their connection was solidified because she instantly became somebody he could trust. Mhm. Mhm. Very true. Uh, for me, I'm okay. not an instant trust person, so I don't, like, I feel like um, them having that moment was, like, the beginning. I know, to me, it stood out when they were performing and, or they're about to perform. And, you know, we've seen Murda get ready, see her come out, and um, she reaches out her hand, you know, to him, and it's like, we know moving forward, they go do a music video. We know what happens in season two. So, you know, I just feel like now they've had a series of moments. You know, she let him know she wasn't going to tell his business. Then, you know, she helped him get over the stage. Right now, here we are really coming out here. Like the last time was an accident. We did not plan that. Now we're really coming out here. This is a planned situation. This is the execution. So, I mean, I guess I won't say this is when their partnership form, but I feel like these are the roots, basically, because even if, let's say, COVID-19 did not happen in our in the storyline or in the world itself, this would have been the beginning of Keyshawn, you know, Trap, Trap Prince and Pole Princess brand. But I don't know how you guys see it. Well, I mean, outside of the book already. Yeah, I think I so like the idea of... Go ahead. What'd you say? Bitch, your call your call dropped. No, I didn't even I, realize your call dropped. I told you I was gonna dis the fucking remember. Okay, um well, as far as what Ja was saying, I th- I think mm-hmm. I like the idea of this being the roots because he definitely um walked up in their little meeting a couple episodes ago. He was expecting something very different. Um, and I think mm-hmm. even if the music thing hadn't popped up, they had the the foundation for a friendship. So there at that little, you know, outside the store, their little meeting, that's where the friendship started, the, the brother-sisterhood that they have. 
um, because he also showed, you know, concern for her and what was going on at home. Um, I, I do think COVID and the Dirty Dozen tour and, and her being the only one he could really share with, I think that was really where the, the partnership started. Like this, this, um, oh. this could have ended here. The, the thing with Rome could have went left and they never did this thing on stage again, but they would have still been friends, I think, from the, the foundation that they built outside that store and her, her giving him something that he wasn't expecting when he walked up and him being concerned with, for her and what she had going on. Um, follow-up question to this. Are y'all surprised that they did not kind of show Mississippi's reaction to the situation between murder and Cliff? Or, I mean, they didn't show the closeness of Mississippi and um, Cliff. Like, I mean, season one had a lot of broken pieces anyway, right? like a, a lot of detaching and, and we didn't really understand what was going on. A lot of season one didn't make sense compared to season two. But I was kind of surprised because you would think that Mississippi would say some things to murder about what happened. I know she kind of took up for Cliff in the VIP, but I'm just surprised there was no little moment there. But, I mean, I don't know. Were y'all surprised or not really? Because season two was so different. Um, when did you want us want them to show us the closeness between between uh, Mississippi and Cliff? Like in the VIP room? I mean, or? No, I was just. I mean, I guess I saw the kind of. I don't want to say mother daughter. I mean, because I sort of feel like Cliff is like that mother at the end of the pink, like, you know, she cares for the girls. Um, but I don't know. I'm just surprised that there was no, like, what the fuck did you do, murder? What the fuck did you do to my Cliff? But then again, I guess not. I'm writing the story for myself and my head. I think she was so, too into her own, um, own what life. she had going on with Derek and Diamond mm -hmm. to yeah. even think about it. Because when we get yeah. to uh, season two, like, murder doesn't know. Like, murder has been totally removed from anything having to do with the thing except for the video they did because he was like, what you do mm -hmm. to get kicked out the kingdom? Which I thought was kind of interesting because I'm like, y'all haven't had this conversation, but it does it <laughs> sound like they left, they did the video, COVID hit, and they probably just stopped talking. Right. This is, in my mind, probably how it happened. Okay. Yeah. And they just never talked mm -hmm. about it because, you know, he got shot at and stuff. And as oh, someone no. on timeline said, ran off like a roach. I cannot remember who said that. <laughs> But oh after that, and then he went home and said, I'm sorry, like, I don't, it don't seem like they had a lot of conversation. And she's got, she pulled a gun on Diamond. Derek is probably, like, next level psychopath with everything that happened with them being at home. It was probably a mess. And then, you know what, Wody at the funeral hall was like, I mean, what, what did we say? Like, slobbing at home. You know, everybody was locked up. It just really seemed like nobody was talking. I mean, that's true. That's true. I, again, 
in my head, like I said. Um, okay, anyway, we have Rome coming to the club. Did y'all get slimy vibes off top? Like, as soon as he was walking into the club, were y'all just like, okay, this nigga. Absolutely. <laughs> there was no hope? Nope. No hope. Nope. It's, had, it's, it no was hope that he was going to elevate murder. Well, he told us that. It was something about the way he walked in and saw Keyshawn on that stage and started licking his lips. That carried for me through every interaction that they had. Um, Mm -hmm. Even when he was trying to be a good guy, I never believed it. Just because of Mm -hmm. his first reaction um, to her. As for murder, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like he basically said, the only reason I'm here, Wody slid me that tape. But it wasn't until I saw Keyshawn on the pole that I decided I had to be a part of this. So he was never there for murder. He didn't. He didn't mm-hmm. care about anything that murder had going on. So no, I didn't. I didn't see any hope in his relationship with murder and him elevating murder's career. Nope. I mean, you didn't think when murder came out and gave the girls what he was supposed to give, like you didn't think he was like, oh shit, I came for Keyshawn, but shit, murder. You know what? That cat got a. Uh-uh. He got a good little performance. No, okay. But is it Not that really cat. What year is it? <laughs> <laughs> that, that cat. <laughs> you, know what, you know what? You know what? Tia, Tia, you know what? Whenever I see you, what time you come back? Because you know what? I'll leave a little bit later. And, okay, I'm going to deal with you offline because I, I see what kind of vibe you are on. Um, <laughs> You know what, I personally let me, let me mute here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she ain't been the first mute of murder night. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So Jeff. for me, when I first saw, okay, so first saw Rome, like when he first walked in, he's taken in the club. He sees murder on the stage, turning up. Um, it does to me initially, like in the first seconds of him seeing everything that he's kind of feeling the vibe. He's looking around. The crowd is singing the song with Murda. But it's like almost, I feel like maybe he was, because, I mean, he took the trip from Atlanta to Chuckalisa in the first place. So he had to have felt like something that Wody, you know, slipped him about, you know, Murda's demo tape or whatever was good. And then he's seeing the live performance. The crowd is going crazy. But it's like almost as soon as he saw Keyshawn, it was like, yeah, Murda who? You know, for sure. Now, I didn't think he was going to just completely be like, oh, damn, there's Mississippi. I I don't want nothing to do with murder. But I definitely knew that he felt like he was about to be on some sleazeball type stuff with her. But, yeah, I was kind of shocked, actually, mm. that he completely was like, yeah, yo, fuck your boy. He, I can right. you know, my grandma damn. try to take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jesus, okay. Not his grandma. That was really fucked up, actually. Because ain't his grandma dead or was it his mama that died? And His uh, mama was his mama. dead. Mm-hmm. His mama was dead. Oh, Lord. That, that was really fucked up, saying his grandma, right? That just means murder. But anyway, let's talk about the performance Murder looked in the mirror. That was the first time we got the murder mirror, which, I mean, 
that begins the epic reflections that we will get throughout the season, you know, season two, um, which then leads to that finale where we get the split mirror image. But what do you guys think of Murder's performance? I just love how when he came out on stage, he wasn't expecting for all those people just knowing, to know the lyrics, to be as hyped as they were. And so that feel-good moment for him as an audience watcher, I, I love that moment. What What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I loved it for him. Something that stuck out, stuck out to me just because, you know, we've gone through the whole series or we've gone through season two is – even though he was much approved here from, you know, that little practice session that they had with Keyshawn, the way he his stage presence and his performance has improved, like, this is great, but compared to the performance that he did of Seven Pounds of Pressure or even compared to Champagne Campaign, like, this was really the beginning, and he's gotten so much better than this. And I love that for him. Yeah, I think this was a really dope moment um, for murder. Like you said, he comes out and he's worked for this. You know, we really, through season one, watched him go from one of my favorite tunes, Sit on My Lap, uh, (laughs) (laughs) to, what is going on? Uh, (laughs) Okay, I'm aging myself a little bit, my bad. But, um, you know, his first cut hit, whatever, you know, he doesn't sing. And we're just like, you know, he we see he can't perform. like, And then he comes out. And then not only do we have that great moment in 104, but he's like, that's my song. But he comes out and everybody knows his song. They're mm-hmm. cheering for him. Like that elevation, it had me lit. Uh, I loved it. Um, I, like you said, I, I was – Uncle Clifford was uh, – <laughs> in the corner spinning and twirling. She, she was going up for the for her man, you know. Uh, it was a great moment, I think. Um, but I definitely think it talks to how, it shows how he kind of got lost into that. And I think we also saw that with Keyshawn. So I love the parallels that we continue to see with them. We also saw that with Keyshawn when, when, they, when she had that other episode where she's seeing all the likes. Like she's on the pole, but when she sees everybody cheering for her, and praise, you know, praising her, it's almost like that's where she got that, like, that need from for that stage performance life and stuff like that. And so, like, I feel like this was Murder's time. Once he saw everybody cheering, I think that might have been the determining factor that helped him switch over from I usually choose the money over love to hold on a minute. In a, in a few more moments, I'm definitely going to choose the money over love. So... I don't know, but otherwise it was a great time. I was definitely um, thinking the same thing Tanika said um, because mm-hmm. I, when I every time I listen to him perform on 108, every single time again, comparatively to the season two, he don't sound good. Mm-hmm. Like he don't sound good. The stage presence, everything is so different. And like I thought it was a vibe, like Mississippi Pride, everything, but like. Mm-hmm. 
like champagne campaign, seven pounds of pressure. Even in the video they did for Mississippi Pride, like everything, whatever has happened in this time, there's definitely an improvement. And I love seeing a little murder, but also as J. Alphonse Nicholson, the actor, because he always talks about I'm not a rapper. And like looking yeah, back on please. like that performance, you like, oh yeah, you're not. <laughs> now you see it, but then. It definitely sounded like somebody rapping with the homies on the street corner versus in season two right. where he sounds like an actual artist. Yeah, exactly. I need him to stop lying about that. Like, you have a whole track. It don't say Lil Murder, don't say T Valley, it says J. Alphonse Nicholson and Tyler. Leslie sliding like baby, it's produced. It is produced by Austin Martin. It is actually oh girl, okay, but I'm gonna let that. Well, not even that. When I saw that, all his P Valley songs say J. Alphonse Nicholson because you know, like Mm -hmm. on Hustle and Flow on the streaming app, that's Three Six Mafia. That's not Terrence Howard. So when I went to the streaming and saw that, I was like, oh, they they like J. Alphonse Nicholson, like. No, I'm Why not a rapper. Like, you literally they? have yeah. streaming. Like, Girl. stop it. <laughs> He don't want to do it, but we gonna we gonna go ahead and say, remember, J. Alphonse Nicholson is not he is not a right. He is not a rapper. Yeah, he is J. Alphonse Nicholson, aka Lil Murder. Okay, now anyway, so from your favorite TV show, Pink Valley. So, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta add that out. Yes. Yeah. Um. So we are gonna move on to Mercedes and Coach. Now, this is where we talk about investments and all that good stuff. What y'all think about this, honey? This Sadie's and, and coach investment, which we all know, season two becomes quite the twist and mess and everything else, but it ends up working out for Mercedes. In the end, we'll see. I have a feeling Bear may bring the girls to the pole dancing classes to once again help your girl Mercedes. But let's talk about the Sadie and coach investment. Who want to kick that off? Bueller. <laughs> so this scene has always looked like out of me. Like all of this, because it's all, how do we get, why you ain't just take the 10000 from Haley? Like, none of this is planned yes. well to me. Like, it's, oh. and, then, and then even, and then he offered her an out. Well, I could invest, I get part of your business. Yes! <laughs> like, right. that's what you're supposed to be doing here. It's Do it. like, okay, instead of, now he's like, because he's giving you a whole nother level of respect of like, we could be business partners. Like, I don't, instead of just seeing you as the stripper, the regular, whatever, business partners. So getting to know instead of you having part of my business and stuff like that and getting to, like, <laughs> you basically going to be my household. And she's like, you know what, that sounds better. This has always bothered me. And I think it is something that they talk about in the show, like one of the themes of as black people, because we don't grow up around business, business owners, investing, that kind of stuff, and particularly mm-hmm. in a town like Chuckalisa, it's, I think, to her, it's like, give somebody part of my business, but like I said in another episode, that is business. 
but the for her giving him part of her business is giving up more than giving up her body at this point and it's just lack of education and proximity to business ownership in the black community specifically so i had a okay, question baby. i wasn't i wasn't sure if i was reading it right when he um offered to be like a partner in the business was he saying didn't going to um, trying to get her to be his mistress he would just have be a partner in the business and then that that other part of their relationship would go away I always assumed that those would be two separate entities like when she said 10,000 and it was like okay so what am I going to get for it and I don't, I can't remember what she said after that, but it was like, well, make me a part of your business. Hell nah. I think that would have been a separate thing. Like, I'm giving you $10,000. we are going to work out the business stuff. Now, I still think he would have gone after the sponsorship, but I don't think it would have had nothing to do with the business. Oh, okay. Because I read it as, like, him offering her two different investments and she could choose because he also called her sponsorship an investment. So I couldn't understand why would you not mm-hmm. choose him investing in your business and maybe he gets some of the credit, but okay, so what? Why would you not choose that and instead have to think about choosing, you know, the business was a firm no, but the investment into putting you up in your sponsorship and you being her, his mistress, you had to think about and you weren't going to contemplate that. That was that didn't make any sense to me at all. Any. Yeah, I think that's not to, thing, not um, Mercedes' issues with her ego. You know, like mm. Mercedes has a big ego, and it leaves her. And one thing that we do know, when you operate out of ego, a lot of times you will find yourself, you know, in a fucked-up situation. And so um, her her mindset is, like, and have you get some of the credit? You know, like, that's what she even said to Haley. And let she said, share the share the risk. And she goes, yeah, and also share the credit? You know, like, absolutely not. And so, like Tia said, she's uneducated as well. So the only thing she is focusing on is who will have the credit for this idea that she has, but she doesn't, she's not educated enough to know, like that man could have been a silent partner. First of all, he's a married man. He has he's a coach of whatever type of team he's coaching, et cetera. You know, there's a such thing as a silent partner where mm-hmm. nobody, you know, there's all these options. <clears throat> but I think it was interesting that um, something that Tia Ozo brought up was that he had said, I think it was Tia said this. This was like last week, so forgive me if I'm crediting wrong. That he had mentioned, I've never spent, I've never spent more than three hundred, and so I thought it was interesting that you've never spent more than three hundred dollars with her, but now you want to take her from the pole to the palace and put her up in the suite, and you want to have her with the Giuseppe's on and her Birkin bag on the side. That is a that is a leap. Why haven't you been? First of all, maybe Mercedes would have been more open to something had you been spending on her. You ain't dropped more than $300 at a time. That was me, and that caught me off guard, too, because I was like, huh? Yeah. Like, that's a big-ass leap from you not even worth a G to I'm going to put you up in a condo. 
<laughs> and and have you courtside. I've already risked my marriage and talked to my wife about it, and I, I want you to take up this offer. You know, so I also see why she probably was denying it because it probably the math wasn't mathing for her either. So that would make me ask, like, how often was he spending that $300? Because, first of all, why would she believe him that he could put her up in the palace if it was only 300 every now and then? And why would she be comfortable asking him for, for 10000 if he only was giving up $300 here and there? So that $300 must must have been, you know, three, four times a week. Because if not, none of that makes sense to me. That's the only thing that I can think of. It had to have been maybe it was coming out to be like a stack a week. I just knew he was dropping stacks. The way she was talking about him being a regular, the although we know that this it wasn't like this, but the like performance that she did where it was just her and him, mm-hmm. and she's like like she was with him for a pretty good amount of time, three hundred like to three hundred dollars. Like I wouldn't have been doing all that. She could have hustled up three hundred dollars from a bunch of other people in the club versus all the time. To me, it seemed like she had to spend with him to get to $300. That's not – when I manage clubs, my bartenders would make 800 a night. So you telling me this one regular that you're spending all this time with, you got to – you're getting 300 and you know he has money? Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Chunky Light in the chat said that's why it took her seven years to save that 2 k because her regular was only giving up 300 you might be right, Chunky. Period. I was just thinking that. Is she, I was oh, just really? thinking that. Like, oh, and no this wonder. is why I said in that one episode, she should have been gone to Atlanta or Memphis or somewhere else. If she was serious about stacking money, she already wasn't really seeing her daughter like that. And not to say that you should, but it's like if this is the goal, go somewhere where you can go hustle real quick make the money, and then come back, and you got the money, you can get your daughter back, and then you go back to the Chuckalisa because experience is not, I mean, money is not as important. It's not as expensive in Chuckalisa. So she can come back and do that. But if you're trying to get up some real money because you got to show the judge or something like that, and you and Shell aren't seeing eye to eye where you're not able to see her, go somewhere where it makes sense. This, like, this is a side for another thing, but that has always bothered me. Like, why didn't you go to Atlanta or somewhere else? Because you could have gone on the weekend, because people do that now, like that live around Atlanta. You could come on the weekend, hustle up, during the week go back to Chuckalisa. Like, it's a bunch of ways she could have done it to make it make sense. Yeah, I mean, for me, I guess I feel like with Mercedes, as much as she comes off as someone who is superior to every girl at the paint, um, you would just feel like she is just making bank, that she is getting more than $300, that she is really making some change. And the more and more you listen to the conversations and how y'all are breaking everything down, it's just not giving. It's just not giving. Um, And I'm very surprised how long she has stayed at that place. I'm really starting to think that she stayed um, in Chuckalisa for maybe because 
she thought that a relationship, a mending a relationship with her mom was possible at some point. She felt like staying there for Cliff, you know, out of obligation, um, because that is clearly like a mother figure for her um, with the strained relationship with Pastor Woodbine. Because in my opinion, I'm with Tia. I mean, you would think you would go to a bigger city. I mean, come on. The kind of breadcrumbs she making? I mean, don't get me wrong. She has a car, a house, everything you would want. I get it. But with the kind of dreams she has, you would just think that she wouldn't want to struggle like that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question you asked in the chat, to be honest. She said, but isn't he from, she was asking Chunky Light, isn't he from Memphis? Do you think he gave Mercedes less money than he would have given a stripper in Memphis or let's say Atlanta because it was Chuckalisa? Like, do you think he's only given at least 300 because, well, shit, she probably ain't getting no more than this anyway versus what he really would have valued? That's a, that's a dope question to you. I can see him doing that. Like, he knows that she's not making that much money anyways. I mean, it's Chuck Elisa, so he, he feels like she should be uh, grateful for the 300 And I can also see him, like, holding out on really blowing money on her because he wants her to do the, the sponsorship. So being like, you know, if you want the real money, you have to do this other thing but I'm only going to give you this this little bit of money for the dances. And if you if you really want to come up, you got to do the sponsorship. And maybe he feels like the mm-hmm. $300 is the top dollar for Chuckalista. Mm-hmm. Like all the other girls are getting 50 to 100 but I'm giving you 300 So actually, you're top dollar up in here, which makes her feel like, hmm, I am the bottom bitch. Mm, I'm ha- I am the head bitch in charge in here. I'm making 300 bucks compared to all of y'all. But really, that's nothing. Like, that's nothing at all compared to everywhere else. So that does make sense to you. That, yeah, that's great. Okay. So we can move on to, oh, my goodness, this outline. I'm laughing so hard. Um <laughs> Ja has fat boy arrived. <laughs> Why are you telling that? When I got to that part, I was like, fat boy arrives with message. Hell nah. <laughs> That's what May said. Wait, wait. May but said, they I got a fat motherfucker who. Wait. Yeah. That's what May called him. That's the only thing he even referred to. No, I got me a fat it. motherfucker who would do this for a squirrel sandwich. That's what May. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, May, no. when May oh, no, told, it uh, makes sense. It's just seeing it written that way on the outside. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, as the person who is running the switchboard right now and reading this outline, I just pulled up my glasses to look, and I said, that boy arrived with me. Okay, that's what I got to say. Oh, I was, no, I was rushing, so I was like, let me just make it quicker to the point. I thought you would paraphrase, okay. and, you know. It was, oh, that's what you thought. Oh, that I, 
my arrival message is the paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Very detailed outline. <laughs> so- oh my god, that's so funny. That is the message. Okay, so he arrives with this message, and you know what? I guess I really never even paid attention to the details in the message. Job broke it down last night, actually. So, Maine let old girl babysit his ankle bracelet and that girl went and robbed crystals and since it was Maine's ankle bracelet of course they thought it was Maine who robbed crystals is that correct everybody mm-hmm. right is i mean how is he the leader of chief <laughs> I, I have no idea i need I need all y'all in the chat and my co-host to tell me how he is the leader of Chief by Chief. I need y'all to explain that to me. I think Maine is the undercover police, and he is on bullshit. In in my (laughs) mind, Maine is undercover police, and he keep getting caught up, so he go back in the system and report back to what the Chief by Chief are doing because Ain't no like way. he's supposed to be the head of the gang, but he can't stay out of jail. If you if you are if you're the head, you're supposed to send your little your little uh, flunkies or whatever to do your little foot soldiers to do your dirty work. You assign out the tasks if you are a leader, but you doing this that and the third and giving your ankle bracelet to somebody who's eating a squirrel sandwich, and then when he's not available, you're giving it to somebody who's like, man, I'm holding an ankle bracelet. Let me rob crystals. First of all, that's a setup guy. Did they kill that guy after that? Because clearly he set Maine up, if Maine ain't the police. Because mm-hmm. right. who, who would be like, man? So first of all, while they wonder about what little Murder doing, they need to go find out. Because Cousin Tay Tay doing on the side. Hello. And why are we can, you giving it to one eight? I'm sorry? <laughs> <laughs> no, just go ahead. <laughs> I just had a moment where I, I misunderstood what was happening. Just keep going. <laughs> So I don't I didn't realize Maine was even the head of HVH until y'all told me this. But I was worried about the game uh, war that they have coming, and now I'm not because uh-uh. it is too much stupidity over there. We don't have HVH nothing to worry baby. about. Everything with that will be fine. Um, the, the but. That's when it's they're the most dangerous when they're stupid like that. Because oh, no. there's no thinking. Like, they already done had, what's the girl name? Centonia at the club in her H oh her CFC finest, mm-hmm. eight months pregnant, and, like, as if bullets have a name. <laughs> and, like, oh they, 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 they were going to get some shit started. 
when they're on official gang business. So I'm thinking Maine's stupidity actually makes him more dangerous because there's no thinking about any decision. He's ready to tear off the club in public, fight, kill, do all this on at, with Tina Snow and that, and it's like none of this couldn't have been happened anywhere else. It had to be at <laughs> the bank on with Tina Snow in the building. Like none of this makes any sense. So I could see him killing or at least attempting to kill murder or do some stuff that yeah. is totally going to fuck up CFC, but, like, he don't care because he's so stupid he's just trying to get his revenge. I could see I mean, murder is- seeing it coming because Maine is so stupid, so whatever your plan is is going to be dumb, and murder's going to peep it, and <laughs> his ass is going to end up, Maine's going to end up right back in jail where he loves to be. Period. Period, girl. Period. It's going to be, it's going to be a fucked up mess. Girl, please. He be robbing Chico sticks and peppermints and going to jail for 30 days. Just dumb. Ooh. I mean, this is the same person Mercedes had to tell. Like, hey, let them go. Like, he only knew Pico for two hot days and was ready to ride out mm-hmm. because somebody popped Pico and Mercedes had to be like, uh, let somebody who don't, like the 50 of you motherfuckers out here on the block, let somebody else go take care of whoever you, you're running after and you have an ankle monitor on and you're only out because COVID. He's not even smart right. enough for that. Yep. And. And I don't, I don't understand why one of the guys that was chilling on the block don't wear the damn ankle bracelet. I just do not understand this cat. And be quiet. Especially if he can get it off like that, <laughs> neckerchief. But especially if he can get it off like that, it's like, what's it? If you know that you leave can get it on it your off, dresser at the crib. Yeah, like nobody has figured out any other ways other than somebody else winning. Now, I don't know much about ankle bracelets. I don't know if it has to move a certain amount of times for them to believe that it's on somebody or whatever, but if you can get far enough to take the ankle bracelet off them thick-ass legs, you can figure out how to make it so you don't got to put it on your cousin. (laughs) You're dumb enough to rob crystals while wearing it. Right. So, yeah, I agree, John. That's a setup for real. Like, yeah, because ain't no way. Okay, so, you guys, wow. Um, We have one hour and nine (laughs) minutes. (laughs) But you know what? Speaking of ops in the family, thank God we don't have that in our friends. Thank anyway. God. Yeah, so we, for that. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Nate Baby, tuning in to the dopest radio show out there, Pink Sunday Radio. Hey, Pink Posse, it's Jantisha. I'm just stopping by to say that I hope that Tia, Tanika, Ja, and Koji continues blessing us with the opportunity to not only voice their opinions, but ours, too. Hey, y'all, this is Essence, a.k.a. Chunky Falunky, 
Just want to let y'all know that Pink Sunday Radio is the best radio show out there. Oh, Chunky Falunky. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you like your new nickname. Anyway, AKSN, <laughs> thank you again, John Tisha. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so you guys, if y'all want to call Tia, you know, this little snickering you're doing, this episode is like not giving. Okay? How do you even know it's so, me? <laughs> so, anyway, like I said, the phone lines are open. So, feel free to call us if you want. You know, if you want to give some love to the cast, to the crew, to the show. If you want to show a little love to us, even, you know, because the campaign that we ran, bitch, it was not an easy thing, okay? If you want to talk about murder night, feel free to do it, okay? We opened up the phone lines now because we know y'all was talking a bunch of shit on the timeline last night, <laughs> even though your girl, even though your girl, Listen, even though your girl dozed off a little bit, she did a coop, 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 and then woke back up. It's okay. But the phone lines are open right now, okay? The call-in number is 515-602-9773, 515-602-9773. Y'all love to talk shit, but don't like to call in. And today is the day. We are live from Atlanta, half of us, and the other two are where they going to be. But we all <laughs> want to talk to you guys, okay? But we but we all want to talk to you guys today. So come online, show us some love, and um, all right. So I'll be making sure to look out for the, um, for the switchboard. You guys, please tweet out that we are taking calls. <laughs> While we move on to the next. Okay, so, oh, Lord, here we go, y'all. We going to do the roadie in the wrong in the murder, Mississippi, in the VIP. Okay. Oh, I forgot to say, so remember that moment we got the big titty committee? I mean, y'all, my <laughs> aunt, she just loved her. She just loved her some murder, y'all. You know, she was... Doing her little possessive girlfriend thing. Y'all seen her? She was just like, uh-uh. You better get so, uh-uh. You know, and then we get to the VIP and, you know. So I guess we can go ahead and discuss this, you guys. And, you know, get it over with. Who wants to talk about it? So, so we're talking about when so okay, you said Wody Roman murder in the section. Wody Roman so, murder in the section. So we we talking about when murder lost his entire fucking mind. Entire fucking mind. He lost his entire fucking mind agreeing with. I mean, he just lost his entire fucking mind. We don't have to talk about the specifics of the 360 motherfucking oh, deal. Ain't no. nobody trying to do all that. Get, well, ain't yeah, nobody... fuck all that. Yeah, we ain't I thought she was going to say we didn't have to talk about murder, but he said, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, we, no. Not y'all. Now, you know, my bitch, you know damn well. 
we wasn't going to leave out what he said. I was just saying we don't have to go over all the dialogue of what the three deal and all that kind of stuff because we only have an hour left. We need to really get into the chunk of what right what was going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know I'm usually mm-hmm. a murder apologist, right? Um, murder <laughs> just puts a sad face on, mm-hmm. and I, all is forgiven. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh, okay, little murder is sad. Like guys, just forgive him. But th- oh, today, oh, on th- on this one. All I have to say is murder murder has some motherfucking nerve to sit up in her club. You just, I said this before somewhere. I don't know if it was on a previous show, if it was on the timeline. If I was Uncle Clifford and he checked, tried to check me like that, I would have been like, bitch, smell your hand <laughs> right now. Smell your hand. And and we know, like, let's just be real. A a little more than that hand went down, a little hand job went down in that car because there would have been no other reason for our good sis to be having her Titanic moment in that (laughs) foggy window, right? So, you know, it would have been like, smell your breath. And tell me, <laughs> you about what right now? Because I can tell you about business you was about 20 minutes ago. I get you, your dusty manager, uh, this hoe, and, and this, get up out of my spot. Augustus had the grace to just be like, oh, okay. But if had it been me, <laughs> and this is a nice version for the, for the radio shows. And that's all I'm going to say. Murder had the Nerve. I'm going to fold later on in the episode, but right now, y'all just have it on note. <laughs> Ooh, that on, Okay, on, so on, that was... On, on this moment, your girl was rough on him in, in her spoken Okay. Spirit. Okay, then. So, um, I, well, I know last night, baby, Tia, or was it this morning, Tia had said something about what they was doing just a few minutes ago down under them lights, and then Murder had the nerve to come and act like that. Now, she could have spilled all that tea in the VIP, but once again, my baby Cliff has to be gracious. She better than me. She better than me. Tia, do you want to speak on it, or are you ready to go? Because I know you ready to pop, lock, and drop it, Miss Tanika, on that head. Which no, I said she got an unpopular opinion, so I want to hear what she got to say. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay, Tia Ann. Okay, come on. So two oh. things. Oh, <laughs> Lord, here we go. Here I'll start go. with the, like y'all said, I totally would have been in that motherfucker. Like, you weren't saying that down by the water when you were sucking my dick. But, <laughs> oh. yes. Uck gives much, 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 much bail to murder. And it's all of murder's partners gives him way more bail, shoots him way more than I ever would. So that's that. So here's my unpopular opinion. So 
I this is me, and I'm not saying that it's Unk's fault. However, I said this on the bonus episode that's coming up this week, and that's part of, like, my thing is I felt like in this season it was a lot of back and forth with Unk as far as I want him to come out, I don't want him to come out, I don't want him to come out. They were just, she was just giving him grief every step walking down to the stars, like, what if somebody see us? I don't want nobody to see us. We can't have nobody see us. This is literally a couple of hours before the VIP room. So in my mind, Y'all haven't had the last conversation you have before this. Y'all are in. Y'all aren't out. Y'all aren't public. Y'all aren't anything like that. So why would you go into the VIP and put your arm on his shoulder like y'all are a couple when y'all haven't had any conversation about coming out? Like, And it's kind of to what... John and Tanika have said, and everyone says a couple times, the communication is terrible because, and I'm, murder is not right, so when I say I'm popular, but, like, I'm kind of looking at Unc, like, first and foremost, I'd have never gone into that VIP if I was Unc. Like, that's my first issue. Like, what did Mercedes say? One man in the club spending money. Two men in the club trying to make money. So it's Wody, it's Rome, it's murder, and Miss Mississippi in the room. So it's murder his manager, his performing partner, and some dude she doesn't know. Nobody's in there dancing. Nobody's in there doing nothing. So they are clearly having a meeting of some sort. For me, if I saw my man having a meeting that I don't know about, I would not have walked into that meeting. I'd have clocked it and been like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about. And then later on, we was, you know, by chicken, wow, wow. Afterwards, when we were having the pillow talk, I would have been like, hey, babe, like, why are we in there talking? So, like, to me, the whole situation, I'm not saying it's Unc's fault, but I'm saying it's real weird. <laughs> like, why would you walk in there and then why are you putting your hands on the shoulder? Now, how he reacted was total bullshit because he did, like, the absolute most. But I'm kind of side-eyeing Unc a lot of bit, a little bit, a lot of bit, because it's like, why did you go in there in the first place when they were clearly having a meeting, and then why are you – given the vibes when literally just an hour ago you were like nagging him because he was taking to the stars and in case somebody sees you. So yeah, murder's an asshole, but what the hell was Unc doing here? That's my unpopular opinion. Mm. Well yeah. what exactly Go did Unc do? <laughs> I just oh, Unc didn't walk in here and say, Yeah, that's my nigga <laughs> She walked in here and said, what y'all ball is doing? Like, Murda and Keyshawn are the headliners at the club. It should be expected for her to cater to them in VIP. She's the owner. She asked them, were they enjoying the hospitality? She offered the house crown. None of this was telling on their relationship. Murda just panicked like he always does. Because she, nothing that she said, she could have walked into any other room, any other uh, uh, guest at the club that night and had this same conversation. But has she ever done it? That's my thing. And every other instance where we've seen Mercedes and um, Miss Mississippi, like MVIP rooms and stuff like that, Unc has literally never been a part of any of it. So, yes, on the outside looking in, it's like, well, of course, the proprietor of the club is going to check on the VIP guest. 
but we've literally never see her, seen her do that once before. And Mercedes and Mississippi have a whole thing with her best friend in the damn paradise room when he comes to get beat. She, for the most part, stays out of that part of the club. So to me, almost all of her motivations here, although they could be assigned to she's the owner of the club, all of these motivations in this specific situation had something to do with murder because I've never seen her walk in on the first night when murder and then was in there really throwing bands. She didn't walk in there to see if they were okay or offer them house crown. And at that point, they actually looked like they were spending money. But all of that is, to me, that's different. Um, We've never, this is the first time we've seen a headliner performance at the club. Other than this, the only other time we've had that is with uh, Tina Snow. So she wouldn't walk in or she wouldn't have to walk in a room where um, Mercedes is is giving lap dances because it's not with, with some randoms. It's not the same to me. To me, this was a big performance night, and he's an artist in her club, so she's going to to cater to them. And then Rome isn't. I don't know if she knows who Rome is, but it looks like he's a big baller. She walked in the room with ballers. She was going to cater to them. To me, we've never had this type of night in the club, so it was completely different. Um, and then I don't think it's above her to walk around because we saw that in Fantasy Friday. She was going around. Mm-hmm. She wasn't, like, offering them the whatever, but she was going around. She was talking to guests. You know, uh, her and the guy from the check cashing place was kicking it with the stripper that was dancing on him. She walked around to the other folks, you know. So I don't think it's above her to, you know, on a special night. To make her presence known, go around and do to do. You know, he really could have played that moment, but I feel like both of them gave the mixed signals. She don't want to be seen in public because we can't. But then he been begging her, mm-hmm. "Let me take you out." So then, right before the last moment, y'all just had this moment in the car. We're on a high in her mind. He wants to take me out in public. So what's the difference between me walking in this room? And like I said, outside of putting her hand on his shoulder, which I think Tia said once upon a time was not his dick, her dick in his mouth, you know, it was the hand on the shoulder. <laughs> you know, like, come on, he could have said something a little bit less aggressive, you know, or, or the tone. Because first of all, who the fuck are you talking to? That tone mm-hmm. was off. Even if he said the same mm-hmm. words, the tone was crazy. Well, that's why I say I don't agree. Like, I, when I say this, my I just feel like there's sides to this. Murder, like, just did way much. Like, at just com- totally and completely in this scene, did way much. Even for a shoulder thing. But I just felt like, like I said, I've always felt like it was a lot of mixed signals. And so I thought, when even every time I watch the scene, I'm like, why did you go in there? And I get what you guys are saying, and I can see that, but I just don't feel like in this specific scene that was Unk's motivation. But um, Josh on the timeline asked, I had asked him to call in, but he didn't. You guys think, because in this scene, when murder starts agreeing with, like, Rome starts doing the um, queer slurs and all that kind of stuff, and then murder basically co-signs to keep us covered. Do you think that there is a balance point where murder could have checked Rome and not outed himself? 
I do. I, I think yeah. there's so many yeah. different ways murder could have handled all of this in this room without outing himself. Yeah. But at the at the end of the he, day, you you were in her shit. So right. you could just That's say, okay, just let's not be say. disrespectful. You know, we're, we're in her club. Let's not do that. And, and I mean, Rome might have responded with some more homophobic bullshit, but that would not have been outing himself. I don't think. I agree. That's what I was just, I was just fixing to say, because he could have easily said, hey, man, you got to respect the lady's house. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you got to respect mm-hmm. the establishment. You, that's all you had to say. It, any, I mean, it's not that hard. What I hate is people who feel like they cannot be respectful. Like, no matter how you feel about it, whatever, you can always be respectful to somebody. So he could have checked them, period, just like that without revealing what he liked, baby, because he sure liked it, okay? Maybe let me be quiet. So, do we have any more opinions about that? Or can we talk about Miss Sadie's running and, and, uh, oh, child, what a mess. Sadie's running down the hallway to try to save, um, Ho Haley. Ho Haley. Trying to save her because Montez is trying to hurt Haley over this money because he wants his money very bad. And first of all, question, would y'all risk your life to save Haley? Like once you, once, I, I don't know what to call this little boy. Uh, because I don't, I don't want to say uh, fat man, fat fat child, whatever. Um, once that little boy delivered the message, and once she realized, oh my gosh, she saw the ring, it was Montavious, and now she's running to go help Haley and all that kind of stuff. Would y'all stand ten toes down, keep your girl out, whatever? Let it be that then. Did y'all go to bed, go to war. Y'all sure is quiet. Y'all ain't going to walk for Well, go I was trying to let somebody else talk first, but <laughs> I guess what I'll say is. Shit. Now, can you not hear me? Wait, where is everybody going? I hear you. I'm talking. Everybody call drop. Oh. Yeah, hold on one second. Tia and, um. And oh, there they go. Oh, yeah, her call dropped. Hold on. I don't know why. Can you hear me now? In front of the day. Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know mm-hmm. why the yeah, my dropped y'all call. calls drops. I'm not, yeah. Um, that's so where we at? Yeah, I don't know. That's so weird. Well, Java was speaking um, to answer my question about what okay, Java was speaking to answer my question. Yeah, Java was speaking to answer my question about what y'all saying 10 to Ten toes down for somebody, run to the club, knock on their door, because, hey, whatever happens, let it be that then. So, job, what you think? So, for my girls, for my sisters, for my, my, as it says, <laughs> my ace boom coons, <laughs> hell yeah. Me and 
my sister in trouble, my girl, my friend, my you know, my ride or die, she in trouble, we in trouble, they in trouble, because cause once I get in there, me and my sister finna turn up. But I would have ran in there mm-hmm. with a weapon. I wouldn't have ran in there with no damn champagne bottle trying to look cute. <laughs> once I knew it was some danger, I and I, I couldn't find Big L, mm-hmm. Diamond, or Uncle Clifford, I would have came in there with something, a makeshift shank or something. As soon as he cracked the door, it would have been a bottle to the face if I did come with the champagne bottle. Now, Haley, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like they've built a friendship now, you know, so that's why, you right. know, like in the beginning, Haley would have been on her own once again. Wouldn't have been me. But, <laughs> but <laughs> They done, you know, they done, they done been staying together. You know, Sadie's have been staying at her house. They've been drinking Kool-Aid together. They've been uh, hitting the lick on the Telexes, uh, you know, getting all of Montavious, well, money. And so they've built a little bond. So I do feel like in this case, Mercedes feels like um, that's our girl. So absolutely. But I, like I stated earlier, I would have went in there with something other than some shame box, just trying to get inside to see what was going on. Clearly, if you don't, if you look at the, the poster that the, the young gentleman brought over, you know it's trouble. Come in there with some fighting right. something. I love, yeah. I love how she went running immediately because, really, she only, like, halfway likes Haley at this point. But but she was she went running immediately to go and help her. So I I love that. And when she got in the room, like the first thing she did was like stand in front of Haley. So she was she was willing to fight behind someone she wasn't sure she really liked. Right. Um, I need right. her to stop breaking this bottle. Just crack that nigga yeah. in his forehead with it. We don't need to break it, up, Mercedes. It's fine. You don't have to stab him with the broken bottle. He could have been unconscious by the time you done broke this bottle, and all this fight would have been unnecessary. Yeah. Um, also, I, I, said, um, I said on the timeline that everybody this night was wilding. Uh, Uncle was wilding for not going in this room when she saw that Haley had her top off. Because that was a cry for help from Haley from a long time ago. And some of this could have mm-hmm. been avoided. And also, I need Big L for once to do his job. For sure. God damn. So I, me saving Haley in this moment wouldn't have been being ten toes down or friendship or nothing like that. I just think if I have the opportunity to do something now and I know and I don't, and then tomorrow mm. or later tonight she's dead or hurt or something like that happens, it would personally eat me to know that I, I didn't at least try to do something. So I never looked mm. at it because they were so, so close. I just looked at it like, Mercedes would want Haley or anybody else to do it for her if she was in the mm-hmm. same position. And that's how yeah. I would think. If it was me in that room and you knew something was wrong, I don't care if you love me, hate me, wouldn't piss on me if I was on fire, come and, come and get me. Like, or at least send somebody to come <laughs> get me. Like something. So I wouldn't, it wouldn't have been ten toes down or our friendship. It would have just been like I would I would never have forgiven myself if I had found out something happened to her and I had enough time to actually fix it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I agree with that. I mean, I always say ten toes down, but I, I definitely agree that sometimes that conscience can fuck with you. So I think my conscience would mess with me if I knew someone was in trouble. And even though we weren't the best of friends, not helping at all in a situation, just walking away, I would feel kind of bad. I mean, they all are a family, even if they aren't best of friends. So, like, you know she's in trouble. You can't just leave her in there. Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. Like you just said, she bailed her out of jail. Mm-hmm. Even though that was, mm-hmm. but maybe for Even selfish that reasons, selfish but still too, But she still was yeah. out. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then, and in that moment, we did learn about Delta Devoted as well. Um, and he did mention that the Delta Devoted was posted up too, right? And that they would, mm-hmm. what, burn the whole down or something like that? I think that was a lie because this man came up Me with that little too. ass knife. I can't imagine. You don't got a gun. You got one little last knife to come and get $250,000. I can't imagine anybody was outside because he was been dead for however long he'd been dead. It's like, didn't nobody rush the club? Didn't nobody do nothing? So I can't imagine little knife dude is out there with a whole crew. I just my opinion. Okay. Maybe he need a crew because okay. he only got a little knife. <laughs> I do. Okay, I think it so, was a lie, yeah. but it seems like mm-hmm. they knew where to find him. Season two, you know, we know that um, Big Bone is the op for Delta Devoted, so it's like they did know where to find mm-hmm. him, but he didn't come. Like, and why yeah. did he not go there with somebody? You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I wanted to ask you guys if how did you guys feel about um Duffy and Big L? Now we all know Big L what his assignment was supposed to be. You got Diamond was supposed to handle the door. Diamond was supposed to handle the door. Big L was mm-hmm. supposed to ha- Big L was with Duffy. Now he was supposed to be doing something. And then when he gets to the when Unc gets to the office, Unc is already emotional and distraught, first of all. Unc needs a fucking drink. And then she sees what's going on with the T V, correct? Mm-hmm. Picks up the walkie talkie. Picks up the walkie talkie and she's like, uh, y'all help me out. Y'all know my memory. Is that when she says D I A M O D? Yes, ma'am. Correct? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. She's trying to I figure out so. where the fuck everybody is. That's why I'm just like, did, yeah, to the VIP. I honestly don't. Because it was exactly. twice. So. Yeah, I don't exactly, exactly. know. Exactly. It was right twice. Here. That's why I'm just. Exactly. It was twice. That's why I'm just like, wait. But either way it goes, everybody not where they're supposed to be. And Unc is being met with knock, knock, knock. Murder is at the fucking door. Murder's looking like 
He's sweating a little bit. Shut up. Um, he has a little anxiety. He has a little anxiety. He got his fingertips on his forehead. He says, Cliff. And he comes in, and we are at the pivotal moment where, you know, Cliff says, fuck you. I thought you ain't want to fucking fuck in the dark. Y'all, go ahead and tell me how y'all feel about it. Tamika, go ahead. You ready to get it off? You want to go first? Because, baby, I know it's coming. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let it go, baby. Go ahead. It don't matter. I can go first. Listen, this tentative ass knock on this door and this whispered cliff drives me crazy. Because you wasn't whispering in the VIP room when you was about that business. So say it with your chest now. Why are you pecking on the door? Knock on the door. Say it with all the bass you had in your voice back then. I love this nigga fuck you because exactly. Um, Tia, you said they, they didn't have any conversations about coming out. All they've had is conversations about coming out. He has been in her face from the very beginning talking about, let me take you out. Just tell me where you want to go. You, we don't need to suck and fuck in the dark. And sh- she was reluctant. I mean, she she knew what this was. She's she's had experience here. Um, she allowed him to convince her that they could have something that she maybe wanted, but they she's never had before. And when she finally falls for it, when she finally believes the fantasy, uh, after he swept her off her feet, he lets her fall. So aggravates me, and I understand the struggle that he has, but they wouldn't be here in this moment without him saying and doing all the things that he did. So I have no sympathy. He would have to get out my face with these tears. All of this aggravates me from him. All of it. So to me, this is the conversation, and I totally agree with everything you said, but, and this is, it. This is the thing that irks me about a lot of the relationships on the show is they don't ever have the conversations until it's here, until everybody's mad, everybody's – something bad has happened, like Teek and murder. Maybe it's murder, but Teek and murder didn't have the conversations <laughs> until everybody was mad. Same thing with Unc because they've, they've – it's. I don't feel like they've had conversations about coming out. There's. They, they. They had the conversation in the office, and then even after that, she still didn't let him take her out. It was we gonna have a date at my at my grandmother's house because we can be in the house instead of going somewhere. Then he's kind of trying to be a little bit out, and then like I said, when they walking down, she's like, nobody's supposed to see us. So it's a lot of alluding to it, but they didn't have the conversation that they actually had here in this office because of his dumb ass, because I agree everything he said, the knock on the door, mm-hmm. the cliff, the, like, wait for her to say something. Like, this isn't for her to – she shouldn't be the first one speaking the clip and you waiting it's like you should have been coming in explaining and it was like he didn't want to explain he wanted that but then when it's like i want to be ready but i'm not i'm flexing this is what i'm used to this is the conversation they should have been having about 
hey, so what does it look like if you do come out? What what does our relationship look like? Are you really ready for that? They've been doing all this skinning and grinning and jukeboxing and everything else, but they doesn't seem like they've ever had this conversation as they were progressing. Now, mind you, this has been like two and a half days of this whole relationship, but all I'm saying is they haven't had the conversation of, so what are we doing, where are we going, what are we moving towards until this moment, and then it's like, it, this is where it was almost two adults speaking because murder is still kind of childish here. But it's two adults, and yeah. it's basically, okay, I don't want a relationship. This is the softer version of 210. I don't want a relationship, a relationship relationship. Like, I'm good with, like, jukebox sections, the the stars. I'm good with all that, but you're trying to have a relationship. If I'm going to be a secret, I'm going to be, we're going to be in the closet. I don't want that. And murder is basically telling her, I can't give you that right now. So then they break up. This is the conversation they should have had before it got to this point where everybody's mad because mm-hmm. this is what happens when that happens. So this is one of that's my thing. It's like they've had some they've talked about it in the air, but this is the first time they've actually had a real conversation about are you ready to do this? Yes or no? If yes, let's go. If not, we got to move on. But, Tia, do you think if they actually had that conversation that he would have said, no, I'm not ready? Because I don't think I he don't would think, have. No, but I think he thought, because remember, so I think there's a lot that has happened, you know, in these two and a half days. When murder comes in, he's a perpetrating trapper rapper. He had, He's like, for, from what I'm gleaning, he's kind of fresh out of jail. So he doesn't, he's got this music career. Wody has been, you know, a great friend, not a great manager. When your career doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, it's like, well, shit, if I'm just going to be uh, like wannabe rapper living in Chuckalisa, who cares if I come out? No big deal. Because So I think in those phases, because there wasn't much happening with his career, in his mind he thought he was ready. Now it's Lil Murder. They on World Star Hip Hop, you know, in the year of our Lord, 2019. They on World Star Hip Hop. They out here like they got this performance. There's this guy interested in murder, and then now he's got that. Now that his career starting to go, Wody has him thinking about, hey, can't have both of these things. You can't have a trapper rapper, be a trapper rapper, and be out. So if they have the conversation before, then probably not. But not because he was lying, because I think at that point with where his life and his career was, he would have been not ready, but it wouldn't have made a difference for him. But this conversation here, obviously a lot has changed in this time, but if they had had the conversations before in this, they could have pointed to a previous conversation. Like, hey, remember when I asked you, are you ready for real? And you said, yeah, now you're saying no. But nothing had, like, they haven't had the actual conversation. But I don't think it's because, I don't think the intent would have been malicious on murder's part. I think at the time that they had had the conversation beforehand, he probably would have thought he was ready and would have been ready based on what he had or didn't have going on. No, when when he's in this room and he says, I want to be ready, I truly believe that, that he does. Um, I think that conversation that you were talking about should have happened sometime after Wody got a hold of him. I know y'all, when I say y'all, I'm talking about other people, like to blame Wody for what happened in the VIP room. 
but if he had pulled her aside and had a conversation, because I think she started to believe, let me take you out, we can go anywhere, after what he did when they were seeing the stars. I think she, she, she said, okay, let's see. So her walking in that VIP room and doing what she did, even though it wasn't a, a big um, – something that really would have told what their relationship was. It was her way of seeing and it was immediately rebuffed and she was immediately embarrassed. So to her now, it seems like everything that he's told her was a lie. So that's why she's like, well, you, you got exactly what you wanted because none of this stuff that I really didn't believe was right in the first place was true. So now she feels like she got laid. And he, I don't think he was lying to her at all, but she feels like I've been played, and he lied from the beginning. And I agree with that. And we also have to remember, too, that age difference. And I think um, as someone who is in their 40s, um, a lot of times, especially if you haven't been in a relationship in a very long time, it's very hard to trust people and, um, and open up. It takes a lot, and I think that, Unk, she has been so closed off, and, and and when you open up yourself to family, and you know how important grandmother is, is to her. I think the idea of being something more than sucking and fucking and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think she was willing to do that. You know, I'm sure she had quite a few sucking fucks, right? Mm-hmm. But murder in her mind became more than that, you know? And when that idea to look a little bleak because the pushback he gave her or that really, I would say, it seemed very, very mean and Malicious. I don't know if I want to say malicious, but it just seems such a, a harsh, a harsh response to someone that you just had an intimate moment with. You know what I'm saying? Um, it felt very. I mean, gosh. I mean, you really using me? Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it was just very ugly, and so I feel like in that moment when she drank and then said, "Fuck." It was just like all of this for nothing. Like I opened up myself for nothing. Like I trusted for nothing. You know how you don't want to regret mm-hmm. anything? You never want to regret opening up to anyone, giving your heart to anyone. Bitch, she was curled up on that bed looking at her phone like, ooh, honey, I didn't found my person. And I'm just, ooh, all in love and all this kind of stuff. And it's it's embarrassing, like you said. It is like shame, you know? So, yeah, I was real pissed off. I was pissed off. I can't lie. I shed a tear. I shed a tear for Unc. Aww. Because like Josh, said, like Josh said, when we were watching last night, Josh pointed to her phone, I think, and was like, oh, my God, look at that, that moment right there. You can tears. Like, they were right there, but I have a feeling that it was like, don't cry. Don't let that tear fall. You know how you don't want to see somebody let those tears fall? 
because you like, nope, you ain't going to let me see you cry. Get your motherfucking ass out of here. I would not cry. Now, when I slam this door, bitch, I'm going to be on the motherfucking, I'm going to be on that slow crying. Right. I'm going to be wailing my ass off. But right now, bitch, get fucked out. And that's exactly how she was looking. But, yeah. I want to hear your Uh. thoughts because, bitch, it don't look like nobody. You know what? I'm tired of y'all because y'all be talking all this shit on the timeline. And y'all be talking mad cake in the damn chat. But y'all don't be calling. So you know what? You know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get, I think they have something where you can leave messages because maybe that's what it is. You know, y'all don't want to talk to your girls. Y'all don't want to talk to your girls live. But guess what? They do have a little thing where y'all can leave us a little message. Okay? And so maybe um, Pink Sunday Radio will start. You know what? We do have a call. Let me pick it up just as I was talking shit. My bad. I love y'all so much. <laughs> he, he's giving us a call. And then we're going to get to your opinion, Josh. Hold on. Okay. Thank you for calling King Sunday Radio. Who is this? This is Quita calling first time. Hey, Quita. Quita. Hey, Quita. Hey. talking about this thing with um, Little Buckner and Uncle Clifford in the office. Um, mm-hmm. I, I understand everybody's anger with Little Murder. Um, with me, um, it was a lot of hurt. I, I really hurt for him. I understood where he was coming from. Um, I have a friend whose story is very similar to Little Murder, so I have a lot of empathy because I saw that in real life a person struggling to come out because he has this image in the hood and so on. But um, I think with Little Murder, we go back to um, five episode 105 where he always says that, you know, he was just wanted to take him out. He was ready. He wasn't, asked, he, was, he wasn't ready, but I think what he wanted from Cliff was to lead him. He was observing Cliff living his life, and he wanted that. And I think he lingered around Cliff because he wanted to see, you know, how is he able to live in his truth amongst these people and receive all this love. You know, like, um, that's hard. You know, being a gang member, they got this certain image of you, and then I got to come out like, what? I mean, that's hard. Like I said, I, I just witnessed someone live that life as little murder has um like i said the anger you all have i do understand it but my heart just in that scene and oh my god they just i rewind that scene so many times because it was so much emotion there it was shame from little murder it was fear it was heartache from cliff and disappointment in himself because he's let himself go down this road again because that was Uncle Clifford's there. I know he's not ready, but I wish um, he would have took the lead more with helping Little Murder come out. The communication definitely wasn't there, but um, 
that, that's just my thought. I, I, I could not be mad at Lil' Murder about what happened in the VIP section because he was entering a territory where he was unfamiliar. And that's just my thoughts so about those two things. What do you think it would have looked like? Because like? I see what you're saying as Uncle Clifford has been out all of her life. So, and she has always been loud and proud about it. How do you think she could have coached a DL Trapper Rapper? Like, what what would actively could she have done to help him through it? And do you feel like she, because she's always been out, she didn't understand being in? No, I think she understood. But we also have to remember this is a man, well, murder is a man living a down-low life. Like, um, it was brought up earlier, you know, he co-signed Rome. He'd been co-signing and going against slander against that community for a long time, hiding who he is. And that made me hurt, you know, for him because, you know, you're having to deny Mm -hmm. who you are amongst people you probably have love for, but, you know, they feel a certain type of way about how you would want to live your lifestyle. That just has to be It's hard. I know it's hard from viewing it. But um, as far as him him. I just think Cliff could have took the lead. He did bring into reality in 105 when he let him know, you know, look, where you go take me? Like, you can't, where you go take me? You the guy living this type of lifestyle. Think about that. So he has in certain ways, but I think Cliff just could have did it a little bit more, but he didn't do it because, I mean, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm with these pronouns. She didn't do it because... I, we sorry. know it's not malicious, so we've been shooting the video. I was going to politely wait to correct with love because it is very important. You know, it is. the show makes it very, even on the show, we we all have seen in interviews with Nico and everyone, they make it a point to make it clear that it is very important to use Uncle Clifford's proper pronouns because we are trying to teach the world to be respectful respectful in general of everyone's pronouns in their walks of life. So I was going to, Under. you know, politely, whatever, and I would know, we know you don't mean malicious. Yeah. Right. And, you know, not to get off track, but, you know, I've lived in that kind of situation too. I grew up with a girl who was Jasmine who turned into Dominique. You know, now she's Dominique as a male. Um, uh-huh. see, there I go then. But I just told her, I said, you know what, I'm just going to call you by your last name because I messed up. But back to um, Uncle Uncle Clifford, um, I just feel she could have helped him a little more, but she was running as well because she didn't want to go back down this road because I'm sure she's been down this road a few times with uh, men on the down low. I'm sure. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, Quita, I have a, a question because you say that um, Uncle Clifford should have been more proactive in helping um, Murder trying to figure out how to come out. You don't think that Murder should have maybe had some type of conversations with her about that because, from her perspective, he didn't give her the clue that she, he, that he needed help from her. He was always, 
we can go out, we can go out, I don't want to suck and fuck in the dark, let me take you out. There was never any um, evidence that he was struggling. So how was she supposed to know that, you know, as the older, more experienced one, he would need help with this when he didn't show her that? Someone being in a community, you know, with her knowing that he's on the down low and he's making these type of proposals and propositions that he wants to do this, you say, hold up, okay, like she did, you know, where you where you going to take me? And then I will, you know, you have to think about where you're going. You know, the conversations needed to be there, and as we all know, they weren't there. But just to start like, okay, you are trying to go into an industry that frowns upon what you – they don't see a, a – a homosexual, you know, they frowned upon in the rap community and they're living this down low life. You got to think about where you're going there, but you're saying you want to go this far with me over here, but how are you going to make these two come together and be accepted? You got to fight coming along if you do. Are you ready for that? Just give him those, you know, like he did in 105, like where you're going to take me, throw these things up in his face, like, do you know where you're going when you do this? I, but, of course. my thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. So, Tia, um, this is my thing. I wanna, but I, I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on one second, Tia. We have a call. I want to make sure because we have 19 minutes left. Okay? Okay. I, um, I'm sorry, but I, I okay. can get off. <laughs> Okay, okay, thank you. I thank you so much, Queen. Thank you for calling. First time All right, bye, ladies. <laughs> now, see, bye, you bye. hit the button on your, oh, Lord. Thank you so much, Queen. Okay. All right, I'm just going to answer your phone call. Okay. Hi, Hi thank you for calling <laughs> Sunday Radio. Hey. This is Lily. Hey Lex. You said this is Hey Lex. Oh Lex. Hey Lex. Lex. So my whole thought behind 108 with um, Little Murder, because I was having this more so like thought process earlier in the day. Regardless of what he was trying to do. Um, in reference to his um, newfound fame and everything, I really believe, like, that VIP section, um, if he would have basically protected us, Rome would have still had some form of an inkling that something was going on with them just because of how he acted in that moment just going with murder just going back and forth and just being flat out disrespectful. Um, the only reason that I say that is because a man that looks as though from outward appearance that he's straight, defending someone within the community automatically labels you as gay um, or just outing yourself. And it looks as though the way that um, – Murder was talking, it was so that it could keep the guys that he's not. 
um, well, that he doesn't go that way and everything else. And his flex was more so, I think, because he was, he possibly, Little Murder was not ready um, to out himself. LaMarcus was. And when he got to the part where Rome came to see him and everything, he was basically maneuvering under the guise of Little Murder. He was not maneuvering as LaMarcus because that's just not something that he's comfortable with yet being. So that's the same way that we talked about previous on the timeline um, in season two, that he was just always having a, like, he was always having a moment of who he wants to be. Okay. So, so when I uh, saw that. All right. Go ahead, Tia. <laughs> So when I saw that question last night, I agree with Tanique and everybody else that he absolutely could have said something and been, like, respectful and not outed himself. But I feel like mm-hmm. with the character of the person that we've seen from Rome, I agree with you, mm-hmm. that it may have escalated. Because I feel like mm-hmm. when Murder would have defended Unc, however he did it, it would have been like, mm-hmm. I think jokingly, like, with not with, with behind it, I think jokingly Rome would have been like, mm-hmm. oh, you acting like you wanted them. Or would have Absolutely. said something like mm-hmm. that, really just on some jokey yep. joke shit. But with how on edge Murder was, that's when he mm-hmm. would have out of himself because he would have gone so hard to be like, no, I'm not, da, da, da. and everybody in the room would have been like, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's yep. probably what would have happened. I, I yeah. agree with that completely. I think regardless of what Murder said mm-hmm. in defense of her, Rome would have took it higher and said some more uh, homophobic stuff. But I also think mm-hmm. Murder didn't have to say anything. To me, it was the co-signing of it. He could have sat there like a bump on a log like Wodey did and just shut up and let Keyshawn handle it when she did. But he was co-signing and agreeing with Rome, what Rome was saying, and that is the problem that I had. Mm-hmm. I think he that I think that is the problem that most people have with this is that the co-signing of it all um, because Mm -hmm. he didn't have to do because he didn't have to do that even if you are a down low person because at the end of the day not everyone um, is able to come out not everyone is comfortable Mm -hmm. to come out not everyone has Mm -hmm. to come out you know what I'm saying? It's okay. Um, but you still can be respectful. You still don't have mm-hmm. to co-sign. Um, and I think that in the world of rapping and everything else, it's this idea that you have to co-sign to keep your rapping card, to keep your masculinity mm-hmm. card. And it's truly, truly mm-hmm. sad, but that's sort of a generational type thing, you know, that gets passed mm-hmm. down with you're a punk if you do this, you're a this, if you, you know, mm-hmm. you know all those words that back in the day, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but we are, listen, listen, y'all, I, I'm happy y'all called in. Now, I don't know why y'all waited till 20 minutes we ended this damn show. Now, listen here, y'all. I appreciate y'all, but next time I tell y'all to call in, next time I tell y'all to call in the show, now, y'all helpers better be calling in at 58 minutes when I started, okay? Lex, you hear me? When, when I say call in, baby, I need you calling in at 58. 
Because now <laughs> we got to wrap this thing up. Josh still got to tell her side, okay? And we still got to play hot wing team because we going to the plate. And we got to end this damn thing with our intro. Okay. <laughs> when coach tells y'all to do something, y'all hoes better listen. Okay. Now I love y'all. Now I love y'all, friends. But we thank y'all for our... calling in so much. Oh, we love right. you guys. Oh, Lord. Make sure y'all call in another... Wait a minute. Yes, thank you, thank you, Lex, for calling in. We have another caller. Um, and and I, I love the love. Yeah. Y'all better Y'all call welcome. in. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, dear. Okay. All right. All right. Let's take this. Okay, job, baby. Baby, we may be unlive. You We're going to run it back baby. next time. It's all right. All right. We're we going to run it back. You feel me? Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Hello. Who is this? This is John Tisha. Hey, John Tisha. Hey, John Tisha. Hey, How are you, my dear? I'm doing good, and you? Good, good, good. I just called to say like one thing because I do got to go back to do my homework. So I called to talk okay. about Lil Murder <laughs> and how he tried my good sister's face. Like, is he stupid? Like, oh my god! <laughs> he really sat there and came to my good sister's office crying as if he did not just show his. ASS in her office. I mean, in the club, in the VIP section. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. Mm-hmm. I, I can't forgive him for that because did you really just do that? And then you co signed it wrong and he didn't even sign you at the end of the day? Nah, I'm sorry, I can't. I agree. It's and then he did push up on her stage. We didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah, the push-up, push up, yeah, oh, he, he needs to get off the ground right quick, because, no. Motherfucking push-up. Push <laughs> and then that little face he was doing before he got on the ground irks my nerves, because what is you mad about? Because you're the one who put you in this predicament. So, mm-hmm. please let me know why is you making that face. Do y'all think the push-ups was always a part of the routine for that song, or was the push-ups like, damn, I'm Ooh, crying in the office job. like a bitch. Let me that's a good get on this stage and assert my masculinity real quick. <laughs> that yeah, I think the second part. <laughs> I, I think mm-hmm. the second part. Jay, I honestly think that was a Jay Alphonse Nicholson improv. <laughs> 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 He was like, you know what will go great right here? Some fucking push-ups. 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 <laughs> them push-ups ruined that song for me. I really never even listened to that song because them push-ups aggravate me so bad. But that's a great song. Mm-hmm. I remember first watching it because I, like, cause I told y'all first season I was kind of in and out. So when I got to the, the first time I watched this, and I was like, I was like, I forgot that he had just performed with no shirt, but it was something about him walking out. Because the first time he had the fervor on, but this time he walked out with no shirt. And then he said, this nigga doing push-ups on stage <laughs> with no shirt on? Rapping? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, 
Uh, it was the fact that he was like the mug, and like, who are you mad at? I know you ain't himself. mad at him. Exactly. You mad at yourself? Mm-hmm. This is why I think it's a J. Alphonse Nicholson improv because he's literally rapping directly into the camera. Like, yeah. I, was like, Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't feel like this is part of the script. <laughs> was a part of the script, that would be even more hilarious. Like, what? It probably was. You know what? That's what we need to ask him. If he calls again, y'all, please, please make sure y'all save that one in the bag. Y'all need to put that down. Mm -hmm. Right. When he calls again. When he calls again. When he calls again. Okay. Okay, because he I already forgot. said I he's going to call right. us again in one day. That's right. When. That's right. You did that. <laughs> I forgot. She'll be on my ass, man. Woo! Oh. Speak those things that are not as if they were. Well, we got like... But they mm-hmm. is because he said it. It's good. He said it. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get us started on the closeout. Thank you so much, everybody that called in. And we didn't bite at all. Nobody got big. We, Nobody got nothing. Mm, like, mm-hmm. y'all can start calling in more. Like, we really just be talking to each other like we sitting with each other at home having a conversation. That's all it is. Just call in. Talk to your I family. Know. Just like we talk on the timeline. We just voice talking. Here so we is. are so honored that you guys called in. Um, I am Minius Max on Twitter, Tia Down in the Valley on Instagram. Of course, y'all saw we introduced some new stuff this week on Twitter. Twitter's always the first place where we introduce everything new, so make sure that you are following us on Twitter and get involved in the trivia, the this or that, the who said that, and all the stuff, because we're preparing y'all to stump the host when the time comes. Y'all going to lose, but we're still trying to prepare y'all. Y'all, what you got? Okay, you can find me on Instagram as Ja, J-A-A underscore the underscore goddess. You can find me on Twitter as Ja the goddess. I want to let y'all know to keep your FBI eyes open. Don't be like Mercedes, okay? Keep your FBI eyes open for the bonus content that will be coming up later on the week. It's going to be hotness. It's going to be spicy or whatever. Okay, I'm saying too much. Tanika? Y'all, y'all know I'm at your girl Jiggy on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me over there if you don't already. You can also follow Pink Sunday Radio on Instagram if you don't. If you're looking for those bonus episodes that uh, Ja was just talking about, they usually drop on a Thursday, and you can find those at PinkSundayRadio.com. That'll take you to Apple Podcasts. And while you're over there, if you could... Uh, we would appreciate if you left us a five-star review. And if you had a little extra time, just write something down. Tell the folks that you love the show. Leave us a five-star written review. Uh, Koji, what do you got to tell them? Wow, you guys. That was amazing, amazing wrap-up. Anyway, so you can find me, Koji Mama, at Instagram, Twitter, yeah, by that name, also, just want to say, me and Ja will be going to see Hot Wing King tonight. I'm so excited. Tia saw it, so look out for us to die. Look out for 
us to give you guys a review of that. I think we said, what, next week, possibly? Yep. Okay. Yep. So we're very excited, you guys, um, to talk about that. And, yeah, so I guess that is it, you guys. We appreciate you so much for calling again. I'm sorry to kind of get y'all to call in like that, but if you do it, do it sooner. Okay? <laughs> Love y'all very much. Thank you. Pink Sunday Radio is all about keeping you informed of all things in Katori Hall's universe. With that being said, we have exciting news to share with you, Pink Posse. The Hot Wing King is a 2020 comedy drama play by award-winning playwright Katori Hall. It won a Pulitzer Prize for drama in 2021. The play follows Cordell, his boyfriend, and their friends in Memphis, Tennessee, preparing their culinary entry for the annual Hot Wang Festival. The cast are Nico Annan, Bajorne Dupatti, Miles Alexander Evans, Armand Fields, Jay Jones, and Calvin Thompson. Tickets are available at AllianceTheater.org. The play runs from February 10th through March 5th of 2023. Appreciate y'all for listening to the show. You can find us on Blog Talk Radio by using the link bit.ly slash Pink Sunday. For Apple Podcasts, go to PinkSundayRadio.com. Make sure after listening to the replay, you leave a five-star rating in the review, as well as a subscribe. For Google Podcasts, go to PinkSundayRadio.com slash Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify at PinkSundayRadio.com slash Spotify. Hope to see y'all at the next episode. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.